You know this portion of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Let me read it to you. I'm reading from the ESV. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, nor does it boast. It's not arrogant, nor is love rude. It does not insist on having its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails or love never ends. And this is an amazing description of God Himself. God is love. And we read this portion of love and we say, oh, to be loved like that. And for us to love in that same care and that same nature. And so the love we're talking about in the Greek language is agape. Agape love is a self-sacrificing love. There's different kinds of love. There's brotherly love, phileo. There's eros love, a marriage love, an erotic love, physical tangible. There's agape, which is a God love, which means to sacrifice yourself and your self-will for the sake of someone else. And that's the love we're describing here. That's the love of God. It's the love that every human heart craves. It's the love that we were supposed to get and receive all our lives. What happened? (laughs) I don't know about you, but it doesn't always come my way. Huh? It's supposed to be there for us all the time. Love never fails. Now, the word we're looking at for fails is a a, a fascinating word. And uh, I'm not going to try to render it to you in the the Greek, but it means to fall down. In other words, to collapse, to fall off. Or you've heard this, to fall out. I've fallen out of love, right? And uh, it means to pass away or to fail or to fade away. In fact, that's what Paul is saying here when he's talking about the love of God. He goes on here in verse 8 when he says, Love never fails. And he continues with that thought for this word on ending or failing because he says prophecies will pass away. Okay, he's using the same concept. Uh, Love will not pass away. Love will not fail. Prophecies will fail. Prophecies will fail and pass away. Tongues or languages, spiritual languages, they will cease and knowledge will pass away for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So he's using the same word here for us to get the definition of love. See, so as believers in Jesus Christ, the prophetic gifts that we have that edify us, exhort us, and comfort us, they're going to pass away. Why? Because Jesus is going to come. When the perfect comes, I don't need a prophecy. I got Him. I don't need you to tell me Jesus loves me because there He is and He's hugging me. So those prophecies will pass away. You can keep speaking in tongues if you want to, but I don't need the interpretation. The interpreter's here. 
So when Christ returns, these things will pass away. And so God has given us these gifts. God has given us these graces so that we can feel His edification, exhortation, and His comfort. But one thing that He has given us that won't pass away, that's here now, is His love. These three things endure. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love because the love you have now in Christ Jesus isn't going to fall off, fall away, fade away, or as I have just discovered this translation for myself, quit. Love won't quit. Hallelujah. And that has had a huge impact on me. His love won't quit. Because if you keep it at love never fails, I used to read that, love never fails. And I don't know about you, but I've had love fail me an awful lot. Love has failed. Some of you here that have gone into a marriage and you had expected love to endure and love to last and love failed you. Let me see a hand. Has anybody been failed in love here? And I'm not talking about divorce, but just any kind of a situation. You grew up, you, you were born, you didn't ask for this, you came into this world, went, ah, coming into this world, and uh, your dad was supposed to love you, your mother was supposed to love you, they were supposed to nurture you, they were supposed to be all that, and when you're three years old, you find love fails. Has anybody ever, when you're 15 or 16, you start singing, here's an old song, Love Stinks. <laughs> it's a throwback, Jay Giles, you'll never... So when I read love is patient, love is kind, love is this, love is that, I can only look to God for that. But i got to be honest with you. There's some times where I've looked at God and I'm thinking, "Uh, I think you failed me. But he didn't. But we have the mindset of love failing. But you know what this better translation is, is that love never quits. Love never quits. Listen to this in... Revelation chapter 2, 4, and 5, John speaks to the church at Ephesus um, as Jesus is telling him, take this town, take dictation, write to the church at Ephesus, this is what I say. And he says this, Jesus says to Ephesus, you have lost your first love. Remember, therefore, From where you have fallen. The same word used in 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails, love never quits. It's the same word. Jesus is actually almost saying the same thing from 1 Corinthians 13. He's saying this to the church at Ephesus. You left me. You left your first love because your love quit. You quit on me. I wonder how many people he could say that to this morning. He says, look at how far you've fallen. Now here's the situation. This is a church. They're still meeting together. They're still worshiping together. Taking an offering, singing songs, listening to the Word. They're doing all the Jesus Christian religious things. But he said, you quit on me. Look how far you've fallen. And I really think that this Greek word for 
for uh, uh, quitting or, or failing is the concept we get when we say we fell out of love. Because the word literally means to fall. And so Jesus is saying this to the church at Ephesus. You've lost your first love. You fell out of love with me. And I've counseled people who, who want to get a divorce and uh, leave their spouse and children and this and that. And when asking for the excuse, they say, well, we've just fallen out of love. And, and we use that term too for when we fall into love. I can tell you this, if you're falling into love, you'll eventually fall out. It ain't going to last. If that's how you're operating in love. Oh, I just fell into love with you. That's an attraction. It's not deep enough for what love is. But this is an amazing verse. His love never fails. But what he's saying to his bride at Ephesus, you fell out of love with me. Won't you restore our love? How do, you, how do you fall back in love? And what makes us fall out of love? What makes us question lo- that love never fails? Have you ever been in a situation where you've prayed, you've prayed, you've asked, you've prayed, and it didn't come to pass the way you wanted it? Do you fall out of love then with the Master? Do we question that love because it seems like he failed? He didn't fail in his love. You just didn't get what you asked for. Right? And there are many times as parents you discovered that saying no is the most loving thing you could say to your child when they're asking for something. Right? Could I have this? And you know, if I give you this, you'll kill yourself with it. Right? It's like the Red Ryder BB gun. You'll put your eye out. I'm not going to give you a BB gun. But we're talking about more severe things in our lives that we ask from God and we fall out of love. But I, wanna, I want you to know that I think this very simple message I'm trying to share with you to, today is that love doesn't quit. And whatever issue you have with God and God's love, His love never quits. And it's been put to the test. You can spit on Jesus. You can pull out the hair from His face. You can beat His flesh till it's raw and His bones are showing and He's bleeding profusely. You can mock Him and laugh at Him. You can put crowns of thorns into His head, burying into His scalp. You can smack Him. You can slap Him. You can dress Him up and make fun of Him. You can hammer nails into His hands and into His feet. You can raise Him up on a beam. You can shove a spear in His side. But His love will never quit. Love never quits on us. Love will never fail us. This is the love that He pours even through the broken things of our lives. Because in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says this, Hope does not put us to shame. 
If you will hope in Jesus, if you will trust in Jesus, you will not be put to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom He has given to us. The love of God, that same love that won't quit on you, the love of Jesus that will go to the cross, go to the grave, rise from the dead, ascend into the heavenlies. It's a love that is eternal. It is a love that has paid the price. It is a love that is enduring. It is a love that is patient. It is a love that is kind. It is a love that doesn't boast. It's not rude. It always endures. It always continues. That's the love that He has now poured into your heart. And the word that he used for poured here is the same word that Matthew uses when Jesus says, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. So the love that's poured into your heart is the same love that Jesus poured out by his blood. And it's a continual pouring. It means to gush forth. Oh, the reckless love of God. Oh, the never-ending love of God. If we would get hold of a love that doesn't quit. Don't put a governor on it. Don't put a faucet on it because God doesn't. He wants to lavish, as John says, I'm sorry, as Paul says in Ephesians, he wants to lavish his love on us. Pour out, gush out, flow out his love in us so that what will gush out and pour out of you His love for others. And He wants a love that won't quit to pour out of you. So your love won't quit. But I can't do that. My love has limits. I have found them. I bump into them all the time. And God is trying to pour in. You know, when you pour something in, it expands and expands. And God is always expanding my capabilities to love. Has anybody done that? Huh? You ever been in a situation where you know God is expanding my capacity to love this person? This is a test. <laughs> that person you had to sit next to on a bus. This, this uh, people that you have to work with. And look at you got transferred to another area. And the guy next to you, ah, God's expanding your capacity to pour out His love. God is always expanding our capacity because He's pouring it in. He's pouring it in. He's pouring it in. It's the capacity to love. It's a love that doesn't quit. God is making you a lover who won't quit. Someone who pours out. Someone who gives out. And when you're done at the end of the day, you're not done because you have to pour out to the people in your household. I remember that in my heart, in my life. The Lord showed me that when I got home, you know, I went to work. I worked all day. When I got home, hey, I'm tired. Okay, i got to give to the kids. Hey, I'm tired. I worked all day. Work for the kids. Work for this. Work for that. And the Lord really showed me, you're not done till your head hits the pillow. And that's an expanding of love because self doesn't want to give away. Self wants some attention, this and that. But if you would expand your love and pour out and you would draw from the resource that never quits on you, you will learn to never quit on others. And we all get to a place where we want to quit. But this love expands and expands and covers us. Turn with me please to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. 
Mark this in your Bible. It's a word picture that Peter uses. The, the, the beauty of the language of the New Testament in these letters that Peter wrote, Paul wrote, John wrote, they're short, they're brief. It's an amazing thing that the very nature of God and all of His revelation and wisdom is, is in these 27 books of the New Testament. We, we know He's in the Old Testament, but in these little letters, how many of you would like things explained a little better? Right? The problem is, if we had it explained better, we would read that instead of connect to Him. He gives you just enough, so you have to ask Him the rest. He wants a relationship. And what's amazing is that uh, so often, and he uses the Greek language, it's so colorful, it's so expansive in its expressions, that most of what's written are word pictures. And you've got to get past the words and into the imagery of what God is speaking. His language is more than words. And so he says this, and through Peter he says, above all. What do you think that means? The most important. This is, this is crucial. Above all. Hey, I just wrote to you four chapters. But above all, this is the most important. Keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Well, figure that out. We're going to have to keep loving because we keep sinning. <laughs> right? I mean, how many of you want to quit on someone? Peter went to Jesus and said, how many times do I have to forgive? Now, I'm wondering if he was asking that for one of the other 12. Because I am sick of this dude here. Because you'll read in the Gospels, they, they often had inquiry with each other, fought over who's the greatest. They even got to a pl- place where Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. And they said, well, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Is it him? So we keep on sinning. Peter said, how many times do I have to forgive? Is seven times. And Jesus said 70 times seven. He uses the number infinity because his love never quits And we would say, I think I hit 70. And his reply would be, oh, you hit 70 with me a long time ago. Right? So then we quote scripture again, oh, 70 times 7, 70 times 7, yes. Infinity with me. Judge lest you be judged, so the same judgment you use for another will be brought against you. So I need to forgive. I need, we do need to judge. We need to dis- discern what is right, what is wrong, what is sin. But it's the grace and the love that continues on that doesn't quit on people. Folks, you may have quit on someone. Now, I understand. We forgive. Doesn't mean you have to trust. Trust has got to be worked back. Trust has got to be earned. I understand that. Forgiveness, forgiveness doesn't excuse the pain it caused or the consequences it caused. You can forgive, but they still may have to fix what they broke, pay back what they stole, and earn trust again. But they can still be forgiven and you can still love. And by loving, it means simply you may not have the emotional connection, but you can be committed to pray for them. But I thank God that God is great enough that He's emotionally connected to me too, even when I mess up. 
So we have to keep on loving one another because love covers a multitude of sins. And if we're going to stick together long enough, we'll discover all the multitude of each other's sins. Won't we? Sure. But let's break this down into the word picture that he uses. And he he says this. He says, above all. So most importantly, he said, keep loving. This is a a continual tense, verb tense. It means to always be loving, always be loving, always be loving. In other words, he's saying, I need you to learn how not to quit on loving. Ah, it's going to take a lifetime on this one. It really is. It really is. Because there's a lot of times I just want to quit. Now, I think it's okay to have short-term quits. I need a break. I'm gonna, I need a time out right now. I'm going to get back with Jesus, and he's going to have to help me. But he says, keep loving. Keep loving. And it is continual. Now, I can't do it in myself, but here's the reason I can keep loving, because he keeps pouring a love that never quits into me. He keeps pouring into me my understanding of him. He keeps pouring into me his enduring love. And so I read it different now. See, I'm, I'm supposed to have a love that is patient, a love that's kind, a love that doesn't envy, a love that doesn't boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable, resentful. It rejoices. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's the love He's pouring in me. And I need to learn it. I need to learn His love for me. This is the first key. If you're ever going to love someone else the way that He loves them, you have to learn His love for you. Somebody write that down? Somebody get that? Put that on your phone. In other words, for you to love others like Jesus, you have to learn His love for you. His love is enduring. His love won't quit on you number of you are here today wondering if God would accept your praise, if God would accept you. You don't know what I did yesterday. You don't know what I said yesterday. You don't know what I looked at yesterday. But His love won't quit on you. He loves you so much, He'll bring you into a place of repentance. He'll bring you into a place of turning from that and saying, Oh, Lord, I have fallen in my love for you by choosing these other things. But your love never quits on me. When you begin to know that kind of a love. How many of you have ever questioned it? How many of you have ever asked, I know I'm asking this prayer one more time. Right? Or how many of you have gone back to the Lord feeling miserable because you fell once again to the particular easily besetting sin that has been hounding you and you go to God and you think, could you ever love me? He sees past that sin. He sees the identity of who you are in Him. He says, if you'll let this love in, we'll conquer that thing. This love won't quit. This love won't quit. This love won't quit. Oh, come on. How many of you are pleased that you've got a love that just won't quit on you? So you don't quit on Him. Don't quit on Him. And don't quit on others. They may have done horrible things to you. And again, you may have to stay away from them. But give them to Jesus. 
Because believe it or not, no matter what they have done, He's got a love that won't quit on them. Because it didn't quit on you and I. Don't ever think that you have earned the ability to keep His love. Don't ever think you're good enough. I've been doing so good that His love will never quit on me because I'm just a good child. Stop fooling yourself. His love never quits because His love is based on the fact that Jesus loves the Father and the Father loves the Son and the Son loves the Spirit and the Spirit loves the Father. God in His own nature is love. And it doesn't quit on you because His nature cannot quit. It is eternal. And it has nothing to do with your goodness or your badness or your behavior. It has everything to do with His nature. He has called you to love. And when you begin to understand that love, you will begin to pour it out to others. And so love, you must keep loving, he says. Now, one another, okay? Got to love you. Understand the love poured in you so that you can love others. Then he goes, earnestly. Now that's an interesting word. Keep on perpetually, keep loving, keep on loving one another, keep loving one another, keep loving one another, but you must do it earnestly, earnestly. And it's ectenis, and it means to stretch out. We get the word tension or tense from it. It means to strain at your maximum potential, as far as you can reach, like a muscle extended to as far as it can go. That's how you're to keep loving. This is going to be work. This is going to be an exercise. This is stretching. I can't love this person anymore. You stretch further. You go further. I'll pour more love into you. It reminds me of a fitted sheet on a bed. How many of you, you remember that? Have you ever tried to put a fitted sheet on by yourself? Especially on these new mattresses. I don't know who invented this, but our mattresses now, you need a stepladder to get in them. Right? You know what I mean? We bought a new mattress, and it just gets higher. My wife's got a need. I got a... Here. Got a box spring in the mattress, and then the mattress, it's got, a, it's got springs, and it's got foam, and it's got a pillow top, and it's got a down feather thing, and it's... And then you try and put a fitted sheet over that. And so you go to one corner, but this is the perfect illustration of that word because you put it in one corner and you go across and you stretch it out and you put it in the next corner and then you get the other corner and then it's that last one. And if you didn't do good enough on the other, you pull and it goes poop. And that's how he says we're supposed to love one another. Creates a lot of tension. Has anybody noticed this? But he never quit on us. And this is what he's saying. You know, when you read this, we all love the flowery language. Oh, 1 Corinthians 13, one of my favorite scriptures. Love never fails. Love so good. Love good. And he goes, yeah, that's what I want you to do. This is to be a description of your love. We all know it's a description of his love. But this is what I'm pouring into you. I'm pouring into, a lo- into you a love that won't quit. And Peter says, therefore, you are going to need 
to stretch it out earnestly so that it covers. All right? Now, the word for cover is calypto. Calypto. You've heard of apocalypto, apocalypse, that means to unveil. All right? Apaca means to take off. Calypto is the covering. So he says, you are to stretch and to work as hard as you can to cover for your brother or your sister. Cover them. That's why we are supposed to be able to confess our sins one to the other. Because what I confess to you, I can trust in love. You will cover my shame. And you will cover my guilt. And your love for me won't quit when I tell you what I did. Can you imagine if his love would quit on you when you confessed? You think you're informing him? You don't think he was already there, saw the whole thing? (laughs) You know, we're fooling ourselves. Lord, I have something to tell you. I already know. I've been waiting. Tell me. We tell him. He goes, "Mm, is that all? But how are we ever going to be this bride that loves and with a love that never quits when we make the people who are confessing to us feel like dirt? We judge each other. We, we won't cover each other with this unfailing love. Now, I, listen, this is not easy. I understand that. But to be able to hear each other's sins. See, you have got to get to a place in your theology and your understanding of sin that you recognize this is common between all of us. And that we are all sinners. We all have to contend with sin. And though somebody sin, you would ask them, my goodness, how did you get there? And typically they got there from woundedness or brokenness or self-medicating or some reason. And we judge these sins. Oh, they were what? Oh, they did what? They had what kind of a lifestyle? They did what? We, we even do it to such a place where when they get saved, if it was before they're saved, it's like, oh, come tell your testimony up here of God's salvation. But if they did it after they sinned, it's like, get in the back. I don't know if we can accept you here. Right? So this love, this is... This isn't a flowery message today. I will not apologize for preaching on love. This is a message that the church has got to get. And so Peter says, you have to keep loving, keep loving, keep loving each other, and you've got to stretch. You've got to stretch your ability to forgive. You've got to stretch your ability to love and to keep loving without quitting. It's earnestly, and you've got to cover each other. You need to cover for each other. And what are we covering? A multitude of sins. Let me define multitude of sins. Look around you. We've done it all. We've done it all. This room. That's, that's, a, that's an example of God's grace. This is awesome. Look at us. Who, who are we that we should all be together worshiping the living God? It's because we have a love that didn't quit on us. And when we said, oh, forgive me, I'll never do it again. It didn't quit on us when we kept doing it. 
And some of you are still doing it. Don't pretend. But there is a love here that won't quit. And there's a love in us for each other that must not quit. You've been in a situation where you thought you knew the person. And then they tell you something that you can't even get over and fathom. And then you realize... Wow, there's a part of them that they held or something. But shame and guilt, they were afraid, they were fearful. And what is your response to them? It must be a love that doesn't celebrate wrong, but rejoices in truth. You you are able to speak it. Most of the people won't confess their sin because they're locked in chains to the devil's accusations of guilt and shame. There's only one thing that will bring people away from being fearful of hiding undercover. The one thing is a love that won't quit on them. I can bear my soul to you because I can trust that you won't get rid of me. I've had people here confess their secret to me, confess their issues to me, and wonder if I was going to kick them out. But they were in such a place that they needed to reveal it. They couldn't stay under the bondage of the enemy and the condemnation. But they were willing to risk to have to leave. And then, when a love said, I won't quit on you, then they can stay. And they feel free. And they feel accepted. This is where we're at. You want to hide in the shelter of God. It's a love that won't quit on you. So the shelter of God should be every church on every corner. Someone who's lost and someone who needs God. Someone whose life is such a wreck and has done so many multitudes of sins and varieties. When they come in, we should cover them with the love of God. Care for them. I have visited people in prison for crimes that are heinous, crimes that are horrible. But if Jesus loves them, I have to love them and I will love them with the love that Christ has poured into me. There's no sin, no sin that God would reject us. Of course, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to get into that. But there's no action you take an offense to God that He won't cover for you. Therefore, we must demonstrate the same love that He demonstrated. And that is that love that stretches and covers because love doesn't quit. There have been times where I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to give up. I want to give up on love. I want to give up on others. I want to give up But God reminds me of a love that He has for me that will never, never quit. It will never give up. It will never fall out of love. He loves me. He loves you. And this is the love poured into you so that you will pour it out on others. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not rude. Love always hopes Love never quits.